everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 14. It's Sofa King Low. Recorded March 1st, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back to the Periodic Table, everyone. Episode 14, the Silicon episode. If you're a fan of beauty pageants or porn, you know what silicon is already. Um, actually, that's silicone. Silicon, As opposed yes. to silicon. <laughs> that's a common misconception. Silicone <laughs> is a substance made largely of silicon. Silicon is the eighth most common element in the universe by mass, but very rarely occurs in its pure elemental state. That's all I'm going to give you for that. So there we go. Look up Second silicon. most abundant element on Earth. That's important to know. Second most abundant element on Earth. Second to carbon, right? Oxygen. Oxygen. Tarn. <laughs> I really should maybe look up some of this stuff someday. So, welcome back, everybody. Hey, uh, how's it going? With me this week, I have uh, uh, that voice that you just heard, the expert in all things silicone, apparently, silicon, <laughs> uh, Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy. Hey, Aaron, how are things over in the uh, great state of Georgia? Things are fantastic, Mark. Absolutely a beautiful day today. Awesome. And Mr. Chris Neves, the command line godfather. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot, everyone. Things are going good up here in the north where it's kind of cold. We recently had somebody uh, from uh, in the chat room from Canada. So we have somebody farther north than you, Chris. Oh, my goodness. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, sort of cold, it's in the mid-80s here. I had my air conditioner on before we got started. Uh, yeah. Welcome to March. March means summer in Texas. Right. That's when mom started getting the pool ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Sean Kybel, the hey. tightwad tech. How's it going, Sean? Hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? Uh, that's a lovely array of shot glasses. Coming to you from Kybel's China <laughs> Kybel's Bar and Grill. <laughs> that's right. Got everything set up. So how are things in the new house? Uh, good. Good. Not quite. 100% unpacked, but for the most part, settled in and everything's, you know, going good. So we yeah. moved into this house in 1999, so 14 years ago, and I'm pretty sure there are boxes we've yet to unpack. So uh, I'm not going to uh, come down on hard on you for 14 days. Well, you, you, right, may, you right. may end up not staying there, Mark. So why That's go ahead right. and unpack yeah, them? Why? <laughs> there you go. My rule about that is if, if like a year later you come across something that's still packed, just throw the whole box away. You don't even, uh, clearly, whatever it is, you didn't need it. Put it on Craigslist. Mystery box. $7. Yeah. Just throw it out. You don't <laughs> know. And and my wife and I have this uh, common uh, disagreement. She wants to like rent a storage building. And I'm like, honey, we can use the money that we'd spend on storage to buy new stuff if we ever need it. Let's just get rid of it. And if we ever need it again, we can replace it and use the money that we would have spent on storage. Yeah, we yep. are... You know, Mark, I think, knows that we have uh, just recently put a contract on the house. And so hopefully it all goes well. We'll be moving uh, sometime after April 12th. That's when the closing date is. And I've already asked my wife to please, 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 when she's packing her kitchen, especially if she hasn't gotten that dish out and used it in the two years that we've been here, consider giving it to Goodwill. Yes. Or the Salvation Army. There you go. Or the trash can. Um, and but she said, I make no promises. That was her exact <laughs> words. That's, that's one of the arguments my wife and I have constantly. She says we need more space. I say we need less stuff. Yeah. If we have a, a massive stuffectomy, we will have plenty of space. There you go. 
That's okay. another boat I'm in with you, Mark. Yeah. I keep saying we need to throw stuff. Yeah. I, I have no sentimental attachment to things. Just just chuck it. I, the wedding dress, just chuck it. I don't care. It you know, it doesn't matter. But that's why I'm a man, I guess. So the first article well, that's one reason you are, Mark. Yeah, that's I mean, one, yeah. That's a whole different show. <laughs> <laughs> my wife was listening those. right now just uh literally gave me a dirty look over the internet because i said she should throw <laughs> out her wedding dress so here's an interesting story this week uh that i'm calling in honor of uh wimpy from popeye's fame i will gladly pay you tuesday um <laughs> in madison wisconsin james summers oh, i've been there entered a denny's restaurant last tuesday dressed in a tie and, and coat, informed the staff that he was the new manager and went back in the kitchen and started making himself a hamburger, fries, and a soda. The hmm. real manager, knowing that he wasn't the manager, called the police and uh, inquired as to how he was planning on paying for his meal. And uh, the man said, I'm not. I'm the manager. Managers don't pay for food. And then the police came and started literally dragging him across the sidewalk, and he yelled out, See, kiddies, this is why you don't dine and dash. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, Help, help, I'm being repressed. <laughs> Do we see the violence inherent in the system? Yes. But I guess he did. That's what I would have said. If I'm ever drug off with the police, I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's bizarre on so many levels. I mean, you got to give the guy credit for having cojones, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's like something out of, uh, of Blues Brothers. You know, you just yeah. walk in and say, I'm the new boss. <laughs> I'm going to make a burger now. It's, it is true in, uh, to a lesser extent than that, that uh, acting like you belong somewhere so often will just get you where you need to go. I mean, I, you know, I was a band director. Some of you may or may not know that I was a band director in, years ago. And do you know how you get in the sound booth at a school and go up to the microphone and start talking during a halftime? You, just you climb up in. the ladder, you walk into the sound booth, you walk over and you say, where's the microphone? And you sit down and you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was it. I had no credentials. I didn't have a badge. Uh, I had a jacket and a tie. That was it. That's all I needed to go up in the press box at a football game, ask for the microphone and sit down and start talking. Right. And you could have whipped out your 15 page manifesto and started making demands for hostages if you'd wanted to. I know, and, and never once was I, even nobody asked who I was or what I was doing or what do you need the microphone for? <laughs> I was like, I'd come in and I'd say, which microphone should I use? And they'll say, oh, this one, and they'd move out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, honestly, it's like, who would ask to use a microphone at a high school football game except a coach or a band director, right? Right. Right. Before, you know, as my band's coming on the field, they know that's who I am, or they assume that's who I am, actually. Hmm. Uh, Sean, what's that story you tell about the guy walking around the, the naval deck with the wrench? You know, just just look like you're busy, and that's all that matters? Yeah, right. Just, uh, you know, walk quickly, but you know, back and forth around the ship, whatever, with the wrench in your hand, and everybody thinks, man, that guy's always busy doing something. He is the yeah. hardest worker on this ship. I see him every day running from one place to another. He must be important. Yeah, a friend of mine used to work at the Altel uh, Knock in uh, Little Rock, uh, you know, network 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 operations center for for Altel, and um, and they had a guy do like a, a a live physical penetration test of their center of their network center of security, and you know how he got in? He put a lanyard on with some kind of generic badge and carried a clipboard. And walked in behind a guy and called like the VP of of IT from inside the server closet. 
It's like I'm standing in your server closet right now. Yeah. It's like you have all this firewall and digital security, but nobody bothers to lock the door. Yeah. Well, he just walked in behind a guy and he right. had a clipboard. Right. I mean, he obviously was there for a reason. That's right. A lanyard, clipboard, a tie. Sure. Exactly. And that guy was the busiest guy there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first day at my job, which is at a school, uh, I walked in uh, to the high school and, uh, two male teachers interceded in front of me and asked me my business. And I thought that's, that's appropriate. That's how it should be. A strange man uh, walks into the front door of a high school. Somebody should say, what are you doing here? Right. And uh, so I, I appreciated that. You know, w- w- you know, I work in the healthcare industry now and we're instructed, um, especially in our facility. Cause we, we are not, uh, we don't see patients at my facility. It's an IT administrative facility. If we see somebody, in our building without a badge, it is our responsibility to stop and ask them who they are. Because right. every visitor is supposed to have a badge. They should either have a stick-on badge that's been signed by the receptionist person, or they should have a lanyard and have a regular ba- employee badge. Because even our, our, our contractors have to get badges, photo IDs. They have a red band on the bottom of theirs. Piedmont employees have a blue band on the bottom of theirs. And uh, I've, I've stopped people to ask them before, you know, who are you? Why should I not kill you? <laughs> We're doing construction on the next floor. I can leave you in the wall. No one will yes. ever know. That's the kind of thing I do. I know Boris's phone number. That's right. <laughs> I'll take you down. All right, Aaron, you put this next thing in the in the notes. Are you race aware? What's yeah, that there's mean? a there's a um a local uh somewhat syndicated, I guess they're in Indianapolis and Nashville as well, uh morning talk show called The Burt Show that I listen to on Burt, the way to as work in from- Burton Ernie? No, as in as in Bert Weiss is the guy's name. Okay, but it's, it's and, Bert. Uh, yeah, and but yeah, it is Bert as in Bert Nern. And so it's a it's a it's a pretty funny show, and they do a, they do a good job, and they've got some good bits. And one of the bits they do, they have a producer. One of their producers is black, and all the cast members are white. And they do this thing, and they have a couple other people that are on kind of the ancillary cast that are black. They do a thing called Ask a Race. And people call in and ask the stupid questions that they've always been afraid to ask of another race. Black people call in and ask the white people questions. Black people call in and ask the white, you know, why do white people always do this? Why do black people? And so this morning I was thinking about it and I don't consider myself really a racist person. But then I started thinking about the fact that I work in probably a 50, 50 mixed, uh, environment at work. You know, Atlanta has a lot, quite a bit of cultural diversity, cultural diversity, and I don't even think on a day-to-day basis about which of my coworkers are black and which ones are white. I don't, doesn't even, I don't even think about it. it doesn't, I, I, I mean, I'm, I doesn't even cross my mind. The only time I think about it is when something funny happens. Like I was at Subway with three or four of my coworkers and one of them was black and she ordered the white American cheese. And I looked at her and said, are you racist <laughs> like that? You know, making a joke. That's the, that's about the only time I ever think about it. Um, and so I just was curious uh, in your areas where you live and just uh, kind of as a, I don't know, a willingness to be share or not. Do you think of, is that something that you're aware of? Uh, I don't even know what the racial diversity is like where you are, Chris up there. I mean, uh, or Mark, I'm not sure about your area. Um, you know, I grew up in a town that was about 50, 50, um, minorities, black and Hispanic and white. So I grew up with a lot of, you know, I wasn't one of those people that went to a school that had like one Chinese person and one Korean and that was it, you know, those kind of pretty (laughs) much all white school type thing. So that's kind of how I always grew up. And then college was the same way. So what what, what are y'all thoughts? Are you race aware? You think about that? 
I, I am. I am keenly aware of of cultural differences. I, I that's one of the things that I pay attention to in life. And um, race and culture go hand in hand, but not always. So I, I pay attention to things uh, like uh, words that are used and and colloquialisms and and uh, ways people stand and ways people move. Um, and so yeah, because of that. And I'll ask, I'm, I'm, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't ever intend to be rude, but I know that I'm often considered rude because I, I'm so blunt. I, those filters that people develop in life that tell them what they can and can't say, I never developed those. They were just never there. Uh, my, my brain cells were used memorizing Star Wars facts instead. Um, so I'll ask somebody, um, you know, what it is what you just did. Is that a family thing? Is that that phrase you just used? Why did you use that? And of course, almost always the answer is, I don't know, because people aren't aware of that. But yeah, I would say I am very uh, aware of differences around me, whether they're racial or social or economic or, or anything like that. I don't, I try not to let it uh, color my judgment. In fact, it's the other way around. The more I can understand somebody, the less I will think they're different. The, the more I'll understand that they're the same. That's, that's the way I look at it anyway. I'm like Stephen Colbert. I don't see black and white. I just see American. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what he says. Uh, it's funny because um, at the same time, I'm comfortable enough. I'm probably, I would guess, one of the few white people in my office that would say to a black person in my office, are you racist? Because you're a white American. Yeah, to right. make a joke like that. Right. I'm totally comfortable with that because I know in my own heart that I am not, I really don't care that they're black. And I don't even think about it most of the time. And I don't... <clears throat> One thing I made a, a, a conscious decision to do years ago um, is I almost never describe somebody when I'm telling somebody who somebody is uh, by race. And see, because I think that's the, foolish. I, that no, is well, no, the no, number me, one me, best descriptor. No, let me back up, though. But what we do is we don't ever say, uh, you know, Chris, he's the white guy that has the beard. We only give the descriptor if he's not a white guy. But at least in the if cult, you were surrounded circle. by 300 black people. You would do that. The only reason you don't is because white people are more predominant. So that it's not a very good descriptor. No, I just do it because I think I don't do it because I don't think that's their defining characteristic. But usually but I'm do describing you them by their job role or where they're located anyway. And I, I just think it's I, I've, I don't have a problem getting the person to figure out who I'm talking about. Right. See, <laughs> I, that's 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 always been a pet peeve of mine. Like um, I, I describe myself as the fat guy because that's my single most defining characteristic. Everybody who sees me, the, the second they see me, they know I'm the fat guy. Um, or if somebody's really tall, I'll say the tall guy. If somebody's got, you know, uh, uh, if somebody's black, I'll say if there's like seven white people and a black person, I'm totally fine with saying that black guy over there because that's the most effective, efficient. That goes back to that part where, where people think I'm rude when I'm not trying to be. Um, I, I just, I, I think that because it matters not to me, it's just as good a description as the color you wear, uh, the the shirt you're wearing, or or uh, the the color of your hair or the lack of hair. Um, so I don't I don't worry about that in any way. I, I think it's silly to avoid that. I think as long as we're avoiding that, we're well, perpetuating I've never said I wasn't the problem. Silly, Mark. Yeah, well, but you you said you go out of your way to avoid that, and I think that as long as we're doing that, we're making race an issue. I think when race isn't an issue, it just becomes another descriptor. And the truth is, I probably don't go out of my way. I probably don't even think about it anymore. So it actually isn't even a conscious thing that I'm doing most of the time. Yeah. You know. But here in Texas, where I don't know about everybody else, but it's okay to say that somebody's black as long as you whisper it. 
<laughs> and it's like, you know, you have, having a normal conversation, a normal vo- volume. So I was at the store the other day and I saw this black lady and uh, she was uh, uh, pushing right. this cart and, and people don't even know they're doing it. They've just been trained to do that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I, I still hear people doing that sometimes. And I, I see people like when I made the joke with my friend about the, the white American cheese, I saw some other people go like, <gasps> yeah. I don't and they're like, oh, okay. She thought it was funny too. Well, it was funny, you know. <laughs> All right, I, I, it was so funny that when I was with Raymond, who's another black guy, I made the same joke because it was so good. Because he ordered the white American also. Chris, what about you? What What's it like well, in your area? Up here, it's it's actually kind of we don't have as many um, black people up here. Uh, there's a lot of um, Hispanics that are up in the area because of the amount of work that's up here. Um, you know, the farm hands and the beat hands. Um, and now with the oil jumping up and down like crazy over around here, um, we're getting a lot more Hispanic workers and probably half as many black people. Um, it's a very interesting mix when you, we, now that I, I'm doing this, the state reporting and I see all the different, you know, we have ex black children or ex Hispanic children or ex Indian children. Um, and it's interesting to see that the the minorities are starting to come up in the list a little bit. Um, this area was, when I was in high school, we had one black kid when I was in sixth grade, and he was all the way through. And then now there's probably black all the way 20 through. black kids. <laughs> well, black all the way through until we graduated together. <laughs> okay. um, I think they're red on the inside. Yeah, maybe he didn't change his race during during. <laughs> but uh, now, well, that and then there's the the Native Americans as well. Um, but now there's it's it's you know you go in a classroom and you'll see half white and then the rest is a mix of all the different races. It's it's interesting to see. All right, so I I just uh, want to move on from that. I think it's a an entering to entering gets this discussion an interesting discussion about uh um you know the things that we say we're over and yet there are there are clear taboos at the same time we can't yeah. be over them if there are still taboos um, right uh and the next thing that i had it's not an article it's just a question um recently as i've been watching presidential debates and more more than that the reaction to the presidential debates um you you hear things about uh, Romney is, you know, is looks stiff and and um, unappealing, and uh, Santorum, you know, doesn't have any personality or, or things like that. Does it matter if the president of the United States has personality? It, it occurred to me uh, that we, we it's a popularity contest and not a how well will you lead contest. It reminded me. I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, The King's Speech with uh, Jeffrey Rush. Uh, there's a line in there where. The, the king of England says to his son, the future king of England, England, that there was a time when all a king had to do was not fall off his horse. But now, and then pointing to the radio, he said, because of that box, the king has to be uh, likable and intelligent and sound good. And it's uh, the world will never be the same because of that. And I, you know, I, I think that that really uh, struck me because we talk about that all the time. It's every time there's a presidential debate or a gubernatorial debate or any uh, or anything like that. We talk about how people look. Were they comfortable? Were they were they smiling? Did they look happy? You know, last week we talked about Newt Gingrich being cheerful, and and it occurred to me none of that matters 
in terms of your ability to lead a country. Does it? I don't no, think it I don't matters. Think it does. Uh, you know, but that it does. I mean, everyone cares. When it, um, you know, that, that, uh, JFK was the first president where they had the televised debates and that they, you know, and he was considered an attractive man and that made a big difference. And yeah. And, and Nixon kind of was sweating a lot. And, yeah. Nixon sweated. And, and, uh, and so people thought that he was untrustworthy or whatever. And they said that it, you know, it cost him the election. Um, I just, it's, you know, you could say that a president's personality matters when dealing with other heads of state, maybe, but, I, I don't even see that. We have ambassadors for that. And when when presidents and prime ministers meet, it's generally such a staged event that there's no room for personality anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, is is Russia not going to bomb us because they like our president? <laughs> right. You know, I don't, I don't like his policies, and I think we should really bomb him, but he, he's such a darn likable guy. I mean, right. I hate to I hate to kill him. He's no, so I mean, attractive. That is, that he's so handsome. And he never sweats on camera. How can I, I? I think I'm just going to uh, 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 agree to whatever foreign aid policy he he uh, he likes. Yeah, I mean, there is some there is some truth to the fact that them being likable may make their relationships with Congress and the their own ability to persuade people that right. they deal with. You know, and there there is some. Uh, I guess it'd be more like, as opposed to likable, more like charismatic. Right. You know, having yep. a charismatic president could be very beneficial to running the country. So, I don't know what's the what's the difference between likable and charismatic. Probably not much. John, you got anything to say about that? You've been uncharacteristically quiet tonight. Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a carryover from high school. I mean, all those things are popularity contests and. You know, so it doesn't surprise True. me that that's the way, you know, we conduct them going forward. Okay. So, uh, and, and is that a bad thing or a good thing or, or neither? Um, does the president, I have to ask sometimes, does the president really matter in our country? Um, does government really matter? And, and I have a, a news story that leads up to that proof that the U.S. Congress is pointless and irrelevant. Um, Representative uh, Roscoe Bartlett. Good old uh, Roscoe. Of, of Maryland has proposed a tax deduction of $250 a year for men with facial hair, saying that grooming your facial hair requires time and energy and product, and therefore we could should give them a tax deduction of $250. They're calling it the Stash Act of 2012. <laughs> well, I guess uh, we all get that deduction then, don't we? Yeah. And so when I read things like that, and last week we had the, uh, the uh, uh, Georgia anti-vasectomy bill, and I think with this kind of crap going on, do I even care about who gets elected anymore? If this is what's going on, if the, if in the in the midst of a huge recession if, if with uh you know uh political struggles and and all this sort of stuff they have time to worry about mustache grooming they all need to be fired just fire the lot of them and start over again no comments I think on we'd that we'd be okay if we did that 
Uh, yeah, I was just to say, I think that's what everyone's pushing for, is to fire everybody and start over, isn't it? Yeah, this is that blowout Congress uh, movement, I think it was last year or two years ago. Just just remove all, the good ones and the bad ones, just clean out. Clean them all up and start over again. I, it, it would be nice if there was some um, allowance in our Constitution for that. But uh, the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, that Bartlett put that... In, you know, that's another thing that you can do. Anybody can make any amendment to any bill. So he just stuck this line item in there, $250 deduction for, <laughs> what does $250 matter on your taxes anyway? And where does he figure that $250 is what it costs to grow a beard? I have a beard. I've had a goatee for like 15 years. I don't think it's ever cost me more than like $30. I, have, I bought a beard trimmer for about $30. And I think that's the most I've ever spent in, in 15 years. Right. Yeah, that's some pretty heavy-duty product uses. I, mean, <laughs> I personally don't put any any kind of gel on my beard on a daily basis. Yeah, and so well, you have started, to wash it, though. Does that count? Washing? Yeah, you use just a little <laughs> bit extra shampoo. But you were going to wash your face anyway, weren't you? Wow. Yeah. True. I mean, it's not like guys are using conditioner and styling gel and hairspray in their beards. That would be I scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of some of the bikers I know. If they had hairspray in their beards, man, they'd go up like a Roman candle. <laughs> well, if you're going to have the big handlebar mustache, you need some wax, okay? But 250 bucks a year? Uh, Nightstar in the chat room says, is there a tax penalty if you're bald? So, uh, you know, it, it costs, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Texas mom in the chat room says, wouldn't it cost more to shave every day? That's a good point. There should be a, a tax penalty. For for shaving because that caught no it should be a tax cut right because they're the ones who are really spending or give women right. like a three hundred dollar tax break for shaving their legs because you know that's we shave like a lip they shave three <laughs> feet of area I would be for that if the women who don't shave their legs would begin to shave their legs because of that <laughs> so so we need like a writer there's there's like the armpits are worth ten dollars a year uh, per pit okay. <laughs> Uh, and then there's the the legs are worth uh, three hundred dollars a year. And then if you wax your eyebrows, that's worth a couple hundred dollars a year. Then the bikini wax, what is that worth? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Welcome to our country, ladies and gentlemen. And another stupid thing going on in Congress right now. Our good friend Lamar Smith, who of SOPA and uh, fame in the in the uh, uh, Congress now is proposed a law that allegedly that it's all for, it's always for the children for the children um he's uh, in order to protect children from pornography he says that isps should start logging your ip address when you got it uh how long it was to you sent now they can do that right now for example uh i have a certain ip address and if su submitted a warrant the uh, the ISP can go through the logs and say this user had this account at this amount of time. What Lamar Smith wants them to do is keep something on demand that any law enforcement officer for any reason at any time can just walk up and say, give me your list of IP uses for the last 90 days. Does anybody else have a problem with that? Just a little bit. Eh. I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. 
I mean, and, and, but it's for the children, right? But there's a reason that the warrant process exists. It has to warrant attention. A judge has to say that there is reasonable suspicion that there's something going on here. But he wants to not only put the extra burden on ISPs to keep up with that, um, but also make it so that there's no warranting, there's no judge, there's no nothing. It's just, it's a fishing expedition. Like right now, um, in in Texas, for example, you can't just randomly pull me over and search my car just because. You have to have a reason. You have to have something that got your attention, something that you think might be going on. And so this is the 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 digital example of that there'd be no reason we just we can just pull a list or have them maybe even require that they fax us or email us a list every you know 60 days just because and i just think it's um you know it's a very small thing and could easily go unnoticed but it's another case in which um individual freedoms and privacy are being taken away we need our libertarian friend here to go nuts about this well i think yeah, it's no it, it's uh it's uh, to me, there's it's it's a blatant violation of privacy. It's it's different than what we talked about the other day, where I'm broadcasting my cell phone signal to everybody, and I've chosen to participate in that, and I'm using the government's GPS satellites and all those kind of things. This is a private contract I have between myself and AT and T Uverse, and for AT and T Uverse just to turn that over without proper authority, that's right. and it's another case where it's not like that information isn't there. It's just too bothersome to go get a warrant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how would that be different than they just decide to walk in my house? You know, or without a warrant. Or require AT&T to send a list of all their phone records. Right. Yeah. I want to know every, every text message you've sent, every call you've made. I, I just, it's, <laughs> and Lamar Smith is from Texas. I'm so ashamed of <laughs> the stupid things that he's done in this, this uh, session of Congress. Is he white or black? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. I saw a funny meme about him the other day. It was, uh, I don't understand the internet, so I'm going to break it for everyone. Right. All right. Any Which other sounds about right right now. Any other comment on that one before we go away? Not much to say, but that's a bad idea. Yeah, it's that's just, all... yeah, it's just dumb. It's dumb. And I think you're right, Chris. It's, it, stems from a complete and total lack of understanding, not only of the internet, of but of the U.S. legal system. You know, yeah. representatives should have an idea about the Constitution and about how things work, but clearly Re Representative Smith does not. Yeah, that's scary. And you mentioned keeping uh, records and phone companies, so I'm going to use that as a weak segue into AT&T's new plan that they're saying. Did I just drop out again? No, okay. That, that they're saying um, is a money-saving thing. And the way that, that, they're, that we're going to save money is by double billing. Um, the, I'm, I'm going to try to explain this in a simple way. Basically, what they're calling it is an 800 number for apps. Say you're Pandora. You can pay AT&T um, a fee to be one of their preferred apps. And then anytime somebody uses Pandora, it doesn't count against their data usage. So if you've got a two gig cap on your data usage, Pandora won't count against that. The Netflix could pay to be a preferred provider and Netflix wouldn't count against it. And their idea is it's going to, it's going to be a value add that these uh, software companies can do that will, that will benefit their company. It sounds good on the surface, but what chaps me about it 
is that we've all already paid for bandwidth. I am already paying for bandwidth. Uh, Pandora is already paying through the nose for bandwidth. It's already being paid both ways. They're paying to send it to me. I'm paying to receive it. And now AT&T wants to pay again to save it. How do you save money by paying a third time? Well, I mean, I, I can understand what they're talking about, though. My, my, I'm grandfathered in, and I have unlimited data on my phone. But my wife has two gigs a month. So if she wanted to stream Netflix on her phone or listen to Pandora while she you know, walked or ran or whatever, she could very well run over two gig right. pretty easily. But if, if she went ahead and paid the five ninety nine and bought the Pandora with the, the value added to streaming, then that takes that off, that onus off. Now, you're a technical professional. Give me a good reason that there's a cap at all. A cap on? On data usage. Because it costs money to put the infrastructure in? Yeah, but you're already paying for that. You're already paying a data plan. Why does it matter how much you use it? When, when dealing with band, and this is what I do for a living, all right? When dealing with network traffic, it's concurrent usage that matters. And right. they... they so you have to build out for every customer you have, you have to build out a certain capacity for that customer. Capping bits doesn't change anything. You cap well, it, the pipe. It, it, it defers, it not defers, it, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, what's the word? It, yeah. The behavior it, change is what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, my wife doesn't surf the same time you're surfing because she knows she only has two gig. It, it, what's the word? It's not defers, it, uh, it's not prohibits, it limits. It, Disencourages, it discourages, discourage. Yeah, uh, but again, dis- and that's the that's the thing. Uh, the U.S. is one of the few countries in the world that that where most home users don't have a cap. Australia, uh, most of Europe, there are caps there. We have a tiered plan where I pay for there's a 10 meg plan or a 15 meg plan or a 20 meg plan, and I pay by the amount of data that I want to use at any one time. That makes sense to me. That's a that's a logical situation because there's there's an amount a a total capacity and i'm using a percentage of that total capacity at some point when that total capacity is exceeded they can no longer serve people however there is no shortage of bits bits are infinite there there is no limit to bits so you're limiting bits in an attempt to stem capacity why not just change capacity and it doesn't make sense to me you're selling me uh 3g in my Uh, area which is like four megs down all right why not slow that down and and tear it that way rather than than uh, charging for bits you're charging for the wrong thing i think it's because people don't want speeds that slow if you ask me the difference aaron you can have 4g speed and have five mega five gig a month or you can have one gig speed a one g speed one x speed is what it actually and have unlimited i would say give me the 4g please right but okay so here's what happens though as that speed gets faster, your caps are more restrictive. So you're you're getting less for your money. You you said the other day you have 4G, um, and so you never use your home internet. You always use that. If you didn't have the unlimited plan, if you weren't grandfathered in, mm-hmm. you would hit your cap way faster than I would on 3G, and I hit it way faster than somebody on edge. So you've you're already so, uh, solved the problem by uh, managing the bandwidth why are we managing the the infinite it, it just it doesn't make sense to me i bet you somebody used a calculator to figure out why <laughs> some bean counter some <laughs> yeah yes some uh, well, and it, it's 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 because most people don't understand 
Most people yep. think that the amount I download is the important thing, but it really that is irrelevant. The problem with Netflix is that everybody watches Netflix between 7 and 10 p.m. And it doesn't matter what their cap is. It's when they're using it. Yep. I think it's both, actually. <laughs> I think the, I think the, I, I say it's both. The, um, the, the, the cap is an easy way to, to discourage people from using the bandwidth, but the, the ultimate problem is still going to be, like you said, the maximum total throughput of a particular cell tower for all the users. And, but this is not the tight wide tech or the tight wide teacher or everyday Linux. So we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So apparently I'm the only one in this group outraged by that. So I'm not outraged by it, but I, I, I understand your concern. I've, well, I'm not affected by it cause I don't have a cell phone. So <laughs> you don't have a cell phone. Nope. You must be the only person I know that does not have a cell phone. That's yeah, over certainly the, age the, of only, 12. the only computer geek in the world without a cell phone. Probably. There's good reason for it, though. It's because of those darn data caps. Yeah. Unlimited data. Part of it. Part of it. That's definitely part of it. But, uh, yeah, I don't like being... There's there's times when I want to be able to be reached, and there's times when I don't. So the fact that I don't have a phone means that no one can reach me, especially when I don't want to be reached. My phone phone has a power button. Yeah, I know, Aaron. There's an off button. Yeah. Yeah, my phone comes with this button on the side, and you push it. If you hold it down, then you get a choice, and one of them is off. (laughs) Yeah, but because you have a phone, people expect to be able to reach you at any time of the day. Since I I don't have a a phone, Adam never answers his cell phone, so I expect him not to answer it when (laughs) I call him. (laughs) I call his wife and say, "Please tell Adam to call me." (laughs) But like I was just saying, though, since I don't have a phone, and everyone knows that, they know the only way they can get a hold of me is by email. Or calling me at home, and then I will return their phone call when I'm convenient to call them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, it's just I me being selfish. Living out there in Montana with the harsh winters and the ice, it really doesn't make any sense to have a phone for when you're commuting back and forth. I I can see why that uh, that's something you've chosen not to do. Well, when you only have a five minute commute between <laughs> work and home. You know, I really don't think it would matter. Even if I slid off the road and fell in a ditch and had it roll over on top of me, I still bet you somebody would drive by and say, hey, look, that's Chris's car. Let's go get him out of there. You think the ditch would roll over on top of you? The car would roll over on top of me in the ditch. (laughs) Okay, so next thing on the list, Aaron. Yeah, Is there a new movie coming out? I had to do a little shout out. I'm pretty, pretty darn excited. Uh. If you know me, you know I'm a comic book fan, a superhero fan. I've I've collected the Avengers comic book on and off, uh, and it's on right now since 1979. And they're finally going to make an Avengers movie. I'm sure you, if you've heard anything about movies, you know about that coming out May 4th. Um, and they finally released the long form trailer, the you know the full theatrical trailer. It just came out yesterday, and I thought it was great. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I watched it twice, and then made my wife watch it. So. <laughs> Uh, it looks it looks really good to me. Um, it's going to be a little different, I think, than some of the other superhero movies that have been out. It's the first really big team superhero movie we've had ever that's of any quality, and uh, and Josh Whedon's writing it, so I'm excited about that. He's a he's a great uh, screenwriter. So, just a little plug for the Avengers. If you're like me, you've already got your PTO request in for May fourth. I saw the. Uh, um, you're going to take off of work on opening day. Uh huh. Okay. 
I saw the wow. trailer after you uh, talked about it on Everyday Linux, and yeah, it does look pretty cool. But honestly, I'll probably wait till it comes to DVD and watch. You haven't it. you haven't seen the full trailer then because it just came out yesterday. Right. That's well. Okay. Then it was one meal. It was yesterday. It, oh, did I talk about it yesterday? About it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about it together. every time I've talked to you. It's one loud podcast. <laughs> one yeah, long podcast. Right. I know how Mark it goes. Eat Sleeps Podcast. Yes. And he works and sees his family somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. At some point in there. So speaking of stupid uh politicians, here's another one. Um congressional candidate in the great state of Illinois, Arthur Jones, uh, who, who's currently a Democrat, um, wants to be um uh a Republican. He wants to make a, a run against the uh, current Republican uh, in the uh, Illinois Senator House. I'm not sure which. Goes on uh, CBS St. Louis and goes on a rant about um, there being no such thing as a Holocaust. Quote, the idea that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust is the biggest, blackest lie in history. There's no proof that the Holocaust took place in Europe against the Jews. As far as I'm concerned, the Holocaust is nothing more than an international extortion racket by the Jews. Millions of dollars are being made by Jews with this tale of woe and misfortune in books, movies, plays, and TVs. The more survivors, the more the lies are told. Wow. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and this whoa. man wants to run wants to run for public office. And then he, he's whenever the uh in spite, in spite of the fact that he got a thousand signatures, you know, to try to qualify for the primary, the currently the Republican Party is refusing to put his name on the ballot. And he he's quoted as saying, I didn't know believing in the Holocaust became a requirement for public office. No, no but Sandy did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Ron Paul Okay. Um so yeah, the Republicans are doing the right thing and saying no, we don't want this fruitcake on our ticket. Wow. I've heard people say this before. How can you be? I don't understand it. How can you deny something that is so well documented? I mean, if, if, if the Germans did anything, they kept records and kept them very well. And you can see the lists and you can see the, the, the orders and, and it's all there. And, you know, how did these thousands of Jews suddenly appear with tattoos on their arms with numbers that they just get together and have a meeting one day and say, Hey, let's all tattoo <laughs> yes. ourselves. That's the, that's the conspiracy right there. That it was just it. Sounds like a fun idea. Right. That's part of your, that's when they, you know, they, they go and they, they came up with this whole thing. We're going to all, we're going to get a bunch of people. We're going to all not eat for six to nine months, stand behind some barbed wire, take some pictures, get some tattoos. And it's going to be great for our, you know, our progeny down the line they'll be able to really use this racket to make some money i mean that's just the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard i don't even know what, i don't even know what to say yeah that's right i'm kind of stunned it's like wow. there's also no country called australia <laughs> <laughs> it's just Wait, a, yes, it's, sir, i have been there no no <laughs> you're a you're a, a liar chris you're one of those hoaxers i'm an australian no. denier uh, I don't believe that there is Australia. I, I just I want to read that quote again because it's boggling my mind. There is no proof that the Holocaust took place in Europe against the Jews. What is proof to this man? Kick in the know. head. It's just who I mean I can't even imagine who was the first person that thought that might have been even something to think about considering to talk about. 
you know, you know what I'm saying? Who's the first person that went, you know what? Uh, I know we have photos of Nagasaki being flattened and we have the pictures of the bombs and we have the people that flew over there and we have the planes and we have all the people that died, but I just don't think it really happened. Yeah. I mean, who you just you can't just discount a whole part of history. And if you can't, if you decide to do that, when do you come to that idea? <laughs> you know, now I can, I mean, I want, I'm okay with disputing the number, you know, cause some of the numbers say 6 million, say some say 50 million, some say 5 million. I'm okay with disputing the, the details of it, but to deny that, that Hitler and his regime systematically exterminated a race is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, he, that, that guy, he's dead to me. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he wants to be a Republican. That's just, uh, wow. the, he, he's, he's like the Democrats don't want him. The Republicans don't want him. He's stuck. Maybe he can be a libertarian. Yeah. The libertarians. I don't know. I think even Eric isn't crazy enough to vote for that guy. Wow. You know, I think, I think we should put a whole, I think we should put him in a room with a whole bunch of Jews. And if he can come out alive, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can run. Yeah, and that's the thing because we're losing that generation of people who who live that history firsthand, and when they're gone, right. it's going to be nutballs like this that we're going to be depending on to keep history intact. We're losing the soldiers, we're losing the generals, we're losing the victims, and um, I, it saddens me that history is going to be in the hands of. In, I mean, this is an influential man, yeah. and and uh, anyway. Okay, moving on. Like right I said, put him in a room. We'll see if he comes out alive. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, the next story I'm going to talk about is probably a man who doesn't deserve much attention. Um, but uh, the leader of what was became known as the Texas 7, George Rivas, yeah. uh, was put to death this week uh, in, uh, in Huntsville. Huntsville, Texas, where we do all our executions. Uh, and just to, in case you don't know, in uh, 2000... Uh, seven men broke out of a correctional facility in uh, in Texas, uh, just outside of San Antonio. Um, went on a two month rampage, uh, killing and um, well, uh, robbing. And in the process of one robbery, they gunned down uh, an officer uh, whose name is was Aubrey Hawkins at the time. He was twenty nine years old. He showed up at a sporting goods store. They were robbing. They shot him, then ran over him, then backed up over him, then ran over him again, then shot him again. And, uh, wow. yeah. And then they were all caught. Um, six of the seven were returned. One of them committed suicide before the police got him. Uh, uh, one has been executed already. This is the second one. He's now been on death row for 11 years and he received the lethal injection, uh, this week. And as I read this story, the, the reason I wanted to put it in here is because I never, I never take joy in the loss of a human life. You know, I, I don't celebrate that he's dead. I know some people do. Some people would celebrate that, but I, I think, I think it's tragic. But you also have to recognize, recognize this man's life was lost long ago. He was in prison on a 17 years, 17 life sentences. Wow. Okay. So when he broke out, he literally had nothing to lose. He was in prison for 17 life sentences for uh, rape, 
and kidnapping and abuse um, of a, on a, a, a number of people. And then when he hatched the plan to break out, he went and found people who were more insane than he was, more dangerous than him. He was the calmest of the seven. So my heart is saddened that a life was lost, but you can't deny that he deserved to die. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say that anything other than justice was done in that. Any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, you hate, like you said, you hate. <laughs> What'd you say, Chris? Honestly, I think, I think if, if someone's been put on death row, there should be a, it's, there should be a time limit where not 11 years could pass and, and he, him just now being executed. I, I think there should be a time limit where, you know, after five years, if you haven't been pardoned or moved down to off of death row, it's over. Yeah. Um, well, the, the others, the other remaining four, uh, are still, they still have appeals going and he's, he did too. He opted to drop the appeal appeals and go ahead and die. Uh, uh, earlier, I think last month he did that. He said, all right, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to appeal anymore, but he was still fighting it. He was still in the system. He still had multiple appeals. Um, and that, I don't know. Uh, the, you could say that it's better to have a man sit on death row for 20 years, then be found he was innocent and not killed, than to you know to run him through and then find he was innocent. I understand it's all about making sure that people were guilty, but I think at some point you just have to you know pull the trigger metaphorically, uh, push the push the syringe literally. At some point you just have to say he's guilty. He did it. Sentence has string been passed. Up. Done. Yeah. String them up on string them up outside in the yard arm and film it. Watch everyone not do that anymore. Yeah. Well, well since we yeah, like you know to what the funny about- thing is uh, Montana still is one of the I think Montana is the only state that still allows hanging as a execution. Nice. Since we like to talk about you know the funny crazy parts of things on this uh, podcast, the crazy thing in this that stands out to me is. The inmate thanked his friends who were watching to another woman and said he loved them. A Canadian woman who Revis recently married by proxy also recently looked on. married, yes. And he, his last words were to my wife, I love you and I'll be waiting for you. Apparently she's going to hell too. <laughs> now, Mark, you don't oh. know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, okay, that's enough. He, he has gotten all the airtime he deserves, more than. Um, now, Sean, this one's just for you. Wake up. Okay. Uh, a woman who, who is known as the black madam was recently arrested in Philadelphia for hosting yeah, I just the madam for, yeah, just the madam. That's right. For, um, <laughs> illegally pumping women's butts. They're calling her. It's cracking me up. They're calling her. Uh, the the butt pumper and the crime for which she is <laughs> um, being uh, held is butt pumping. They go to these pumping parties where apparently they inject a silicone, not silicon, uh, perfectly based, time though. Yes, a silicone based substance into a woman's butt. Apparently, if you have no butt and you want to have a butt, the idea is much like a breast implant. You just stick a syringe in and squeeze it in, and you're good to go. What 
you know, what she probably doesn't tell people when she invites them to this party is one one, one woman has already died as a re- result of that, and another spent a good deal of time in the hospital before she recovered. Is this uh, the one that injected people with, like, concrete and stuff like that? Now, what they're saying is they don't really know what it is, but it they're pretty sure it's silicone-based, like industrial silicone-based, like caulk, <laughs> that kind of silicone-based. Right. <laughs> wow. And I think this I think this is the same one where I, there's one of them was like it was like well, it, you know, I guess caulking would be still a form of cement when it's hardened. I think that's I think this is the same lady. Uh, yeah, it could be not cement like concrete cement, but cement right. as in adhesive cement. Some yeah, kind of like silicone cement. You know, that's just crazy. Yeah, it says uh, uh, the woman is uh, under investigation for a botched butt enhancement procedure. On a 20-year-old British student uh, at the Hampton Inn near Philadelphia International Airport in February. Um, the woman died after the procedure was performed. And then at another one, um, an exotic dancer from northern Philadelphia received injections of what was believed to be silicon in her buttocks. And when she went to the Temple University Hospital two days later, complaining of shortness of breath and spitting up blood. All to get wow. more junk in her trunk. Right. Wouldn't a Twinkie do that? <laughs> I'm not sure. But I think, you know, that whole they go straight to my hips thing, just eat Twinkies and you're good to go. Do some squats. <laughs> I mean, come on. John, you have nothing to say on this, really? I mean, what's to say? <laughs> yeah, it takes well, all kinds. <laughs> well, I'm reading, I'm reading the article about the girl who died. And it says talent scout TLE who met the university student when she filmed a video because she was wanting to be in more videos and stuff told the son she was a dancer and choreographer. The problem was she didn't have no butt and she wanted a butt. (laughs) She went to audition for one video shoot wearing fake booty pants and she got all the attention. But when they found out it was fake, she didn't get asked back. That's just so sad. And (laughs) That's an Funny episode of King of, King of the Hill, gluteus d- d- diminished glute syndrome, where oh. Hank Hill has no butt. <laughs> and Nightstar in the chat room says, it's not buns of steel, it's buns of silicone. Wow. Now, I could, I could understand a less educated person not understanding the way silicone implants work, um, but, but don't you think you would maybe, I don't know, consult a medical professional? Rather than just meeting up with someone at a hotel near the airport and bending over for her? Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. I don't, at this point, I don't even know what to say about that. Just the, the, there's so many. This is wrong at so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them are below the waist. Yeah. Oh, uh, this woman may be a candidate for the Darwin Awards. Um, for the people that she injected. Right. That's what I'm talking about. The, uh, it, it just... How would you like to be the person in charge of police blotters and have to write down uh, arrested for illegal buttock enhancements? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. And, and another well, this is crazy. Yeah. All right. Moving right along to another story. This one made me laugh out loud. Um, this is uh, in the UK. There's a, a uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's making me laugh. There's a furniture. Say it very slow. Mark. Yeah. There's a furniture company called Sofa King. And their motto is, our prices are Sofa King low. 
Sofa King Low. Sofa King Low. <laughs> It's just, it's hilarious. Their um, ad was banned, though. Yes. In, of- in the UK, their their billboards and things were banned because they're saying that Sofa King could easily be misconstrued for the F-bomb. I think that is brilliant marketing. Our prices are Sofa King low. That is brilliant. <laughs> oh, wow. And if you're having some heartburn... <laughs> Well, they're, they're a local, a local furniture store that now has worldwide right. marketing going on. Now, see, so. that's that's what's interesting about the difference between the UK and the US. In the UK, that would be a top. I mean, in the US, that would be a top news story. They'd be all over the internet. There would be sofa king uh, franchises all over the place. Sofa king low uh, prices t-shirts. would be all over the place. Yeah, you'd be putting on a T-shirt. I'm hanging sofa king low. It would be it would be all over the place. Um, it's just. <laughs> but in the UK, where they're so liberal about some things, they're so repressed about other things. And so, yeah, our prices are so fucking low, uh, was not an acceptable uh, thing, and, and they've been banned. That's funny. And then the guy on the, on the, uh, the, I'm guessing that's a bus, that would be in a hilarious meme. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about maybe on, on some show or just in passing before, Mark, about the, the anti-acid drug as effects, you know, it's ACI P H E X. And the first time I ever heard it, I was actually at my mom's house and taking a nap on the couch. And I kind of woke up from a sleep and didn't, I didn't have my eyes open, but I was just kind of halfway still napping. And I heard the guy on TV saying with as effects, you can do this. And with as effects, you can do that. And I'm like, what is he talking about? It's a butt enhancement cream. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Apparently maybe that's what she was pushing was so uh, as effects, the black madam, she was using as effects, oh, man. And her prices were so fucking low. <laughs> oh, wow. That's now, a red house. Now, <laughs> we feel so far to the black people and white people. Now, th- should I put the explicit tag on this one now for iTunes? Uh, technically, all I've said is, is so fucking, but, uh, you know. The first time uh, you said it was pretty fast. I don't know. I have to. <laughs> Oh, okay. And then another one, right, straight out of Monty Python. I'm not dead yet. I think I'll go for a walk. A woman in um, China, 95-year-old uh, grandmother, uh, Liu Shufeng, sure. was, was found motionless and not breathing in her bed by her neighbor um, after she had uh, fallen and hit her head and had a head injury. Uh, it says uh, when he failed to wake her up, uh, the grandson assumed that she was dead, uh, passed away in her sleep, and began the burial process. Uh, and um, one of their traditions is the body lay in state for a while. So the day before the funeral, when she was to be buried, uh, he went to the house where she was and found the coffin empty, the lid open, and the coffin empty, the corpse was gone. And so he was freaking out, thinking somebody stole the body, started running around, finds the woman sitting in the kitchen on a stool cooking breakfast. And well, you know, because she said, I slept for a long time. After right. waking up, I felt so hungry. I wanted to cook something. Right. Yeah. So that <laughs> I was, pushed the lid for a long time to climb out. Yeah. So that's the story. It's like she woke up like, what am I doing in here? Took her a while to get out because she's a frail old woman. And by the time she had pushed her way out of there, she was hungry. And she went to cook herself some breakfast. Wow. I mean, it, it, I'm assuming that she was in some kind of lower uh, 
technological area, you know, if they didn't call the doctor and, and right. you find your, your 95 year old grandmother dead and you don't call 911 in the United States, you would, you'd still call 911, even if you, you know, it's her time to go and all those kind of things there. They just, huh, who's got the casket, right? Yeah. <laughs> you start with the casket and stick her in the dining room, you know? Uh, so crazy. Yeah, but oh, it, better, I guess, breakfast than brains. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there's a show title. I, I, I missed all I heard was better breakfast than brains. What yeah, was exactly. Like like a, a zombie. She got out of the coffin, and instead of wanting breakfast, she wanted brains. Oh. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> okay. I had to do it. I had to. Oh, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Okay, now speaking of things that are that are killer. Uh, a man in Australia, Australia has invented a killer roller coaster. Literally, literally, a killer roller coaster. It's called the euthanasia coaster <laughs> for people who want to die but want to do it in a happy way. He's been a a, a designer of these rides uh, for most of his life, and he's designed something. Uh, I don't know if it's been built or not. I'm not sure. No, no, but, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's it's. It's it's the whole it's actually kind of a tongue in cheek type thing, but yeah. the the idea is that he uh, uh, there are so many G's that are held for so long that the blood runs out of your brain and can't get back, and you die of hypoxia, but you die happy, you die in a in a euphoric state, and uh, yeah. the the quote is thanks to the marriage of advanced cross disciplinary research. In space medicine, mechanical engineering, material technologies, and of course gravity, the fatal journey is made pleasing, elegant, and meaningful. Who describes the concept as artistic and philosoph- as philosophical? That's funny. I mean, sad and funny and weird all at the same time. That's why I didn't even think about that. It makes me think of this comedian I saw one time who was he did this whole bit about money. People say money can't buy happiness, and he said, <laughs> then he says they can buy a jet ski. I've never seen anybody on a jet ski that wasn't happy. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of starts off like he's on a jet ski and he's frowning and he's like bouncing along and then he's, it gets bigger, you know, his eyes get real big and he's flying and it's kind of true. Um, but yeah, (laughs) that's just crazy. (laughs) You know, except for the fact that it would kill you by writing it. It looks like a really interesting roller coaster though. Yeah. It goes almost straight up. And then almost straight down. And then it goes into just constant loops, loops and loops and loops and loops. And um, so if the fall doesn't snap your neck, the, huh? the J forces by the consistent loops will cause your brain to lose oxygen die. and die. They can just put you in a centrifuge if you want to do that. And you can have the same experience. It'd be a lot yeah. cheaper to play. <laughs> yeah, because it just spins. Or what about one of those gravity rides and carnivals where you, you get pulled up the wall? Yeah, they'd have to crank that up so fast that you could make mixed drinks with it as well. (laughs) (laughs) And the next story on the list, in in another case of government being stupid, um, there's a a church in um, uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. You know, there's millions of people who show up in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And this New Orleans church um, was giving away bottles of water and coffee. Uh, so just they were set up at two locations along apparently the main uh, parade route, and they had bottles of water that they had put a logo, uh, a label on that was had their church website address and, you know, we're thinking of you, that sort of thing. And they were giving them away. 
two out of uniform police officers came up and told them to stop it. And they, you know, they thought they didn't take it seriously until they got out their ticket book and started writing them a ticket. And they were issued a cease and desist and told that if they continued, they would be shut down and dragged off to jail for giving stuff away. And here's the reason. This is what cracked me up. The reason was that they had not achieved a sales tax permit um, and become a taxable identity uh, entity. They weren't selling anything. What, what's the sales tax on free? I, th- yeah. it's, it's a ridiculous, I mean, I understand you need a vendor's license if you're vending something, but they're not, they're giving it away. Here, have a bottle of water. Uh, Aaron, you've yeah. run 5Ks. People give you water as you go down the, the strip, right? Um, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't you be happy about that? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I just think that the fact that it was free is just, and, and they stopped them from doing it for free is silly. In fact, I don't think legitimately they can stop them from doing it for free. I think they, they, they could have fought that and said, you're going to have to take me to jail. If you take me to jail, I'm going to sue you because you can't stop me from giving, offering to give somebody something for free. If I'm not violating, if I'm not trespassing and I'm not violating somebody's rights. Well, um, here was the sheriff's response. The sheriff's official response was there is no validity to their complaint, whatever their complaint may be. <laughs> whatever it is, it ain't right. Oh, uh, that's just crazy. I mean, that, that's like telling me that I can't, uh, that I, that they're, they're trying, they would be to. I look equate that direct. In fact, uh, the fact I can't actually say it, I equate that directly with that would be like them telling me a cop telling me in the parking lot of Target, if a guy was working changing a flat tire and looked hot and thirsty, that I couldn't get a bottle of water out of my car and offer it to him. Right. You don't have a vendor license. I'll give that guy a bottle of water. I mean that that is just ridiculous. Yeah, that there's that you have to go through some bureaucracy and and yet licensed to give things away. Now, uh, it, it, I could see maybe if they set up a booth and occupied part of the sidewalk, right? If they were disruptive to the flow of the of the uh, of the um, the parade, as I understand they, it, they were on their own property. If they were selling, if they if there were, you had to purchase a vendor booth to set up. You know what I mean to sell food, and they and they purchased one of those, but they didn't get licensing. Maybe then I could see, but that's just crazy. All right. So if you get free water from a church, don't pee outside. That's a good rule of thumb. Sean, this one's yours. That was my. And why would you not want to pee outside? Yeah, yeah. That was well. That was uh, fairly good <laughs> segue. It was until you uh, didn't yeah. pick it up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yet another. Uh, I guess we should say complaint against, uh, you know, Google's, uh, street view, you know, little cars that drive around and take pictures, uh, you know, to enhance Google maps, uh, 50 year old guy in France is suing Google, not for a whole lot, $13,000, but, uh, because their street view car got a picture of him taking a whiz in front of his house. (laughs) Now, uh, it, it, yeah, now he had a, there was a fence and I, just from the sound of the story, I guess maybe the fence was, let's say chest high, I guess, uh, just the way that the story describes it. But, uh, so he thought that he was relatively, uh, covered up, 
at least to, you know, from anybody at ground level looking at them. But those street view cameras are mounted on top of the car and actually kind of have a, a downward angle and could see right over his fence. And uh, I thought the funny thing about this is they caught him. They caught him taking a whiz, but they just blurred out his face. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the uh, anonymous schlong you see here in this picture <laughs> i i always personally when i pee outside i make sure i face the building not the street it just it, it keeps these kind of things from happening and all my years of, of being outside i've never been caught by google cameras so. well maybe he was maybe he was out there going What's this funny car driving in front of my house doing? <laughs> I don't know. But so here's uh, so the yeah. thing. What's the big deal? Every male has peed outside. We've all done it. We from either in our infant, uh, in our childhood, or probably later in our adulthood. It's it's one of the rights That's that we have as men. We whip it out and we pee wherever we <laughs> want. Right? He was on his own property. He wasn't doing anything wrong. Wasn't breaking any laws. Why would he even be ashamed of it? I mean, maybe maybe it's really small, and maybe that's the problem. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, he can't get a date anymore. <laughs> well, he's a Frenchman, and I thought the French people were just way over that, and they didn't right. care. I, I would think he would be like it. waving it around, uh, but <laughs> it's I, I can't I can't really blame him for being um, bothered by it because now anybody who Google's his address or or does it on on GPS or whatever, it's going to go sh- straight up and and there he is with his wanger hanging out, uh, watering well, his his, his, his begonias. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still his house, right? Um, I mean, Google should should go ahead and, and man up and delete him out of that or take another picture. So I, I'm not saying Google is no, totally not to blame here, but uh, uh, a $13,000 suit for, I don't know what, emotional distress? Uh, I don't know what the rules are in France. Seems a little ridiculous. Well, yeah, you know, well uh, yeah. the, um, the funny thing is, is, there's there's been all kinds of you know crazy things caught by these cameras but you don't if you don't go google your own address you probably don't even know what happened you know you don't i guess the guy just went can you imagine that moment when you're like yeah and they got this cool street view look here's my house Uh (laughs) at the dinner party or whatever oops (laughs) so that actually did a thing about that on the office a while back um everybody was going to Dwight's house for this dinner party and he was trying to give them these complex directions. And they're like, no, we'll just Google it. No, no, here are the directions. It's very confusing. It's in the country. And they, somebody brought it up on the, on their lap, on their desk computer. And it, he and Moe's who's his kind of half wit cousin were on a seesaw out in front of the house. And, and Dwight didn't want them to see that, you know? And so, uh, I don't know. I would be, I'd be honored to be caught on Google's street map camera. I'd be, I'd give them thumbs up and, you know, strike a pose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, the, the funny thing is, outside of my house, I don't have to worry about that. I really don't. They, they, there's no street view of my house. You see, I'm happy. If you pull up the street view of my house, it was before we had kids, and there's no uh, mass of toys out in the front yard. It looks better <laughs> in that picture than it does in reality. Our house frequently looks like some sort of uh, Fisher-Price used car lot. Because they'll have looks, their bicycles like flooded in Toys R Us, and right. that's what washed out the yeah. front door. Because <laughs> everything there's there's plastic picnic tables and and little Barbie jeeps and and scooters, and they all just sort of find their way to our front yard, right there for for everybody to see. So I would I would actually like to take the Google Street View picture and make it life size and put it like out on the street. So when you drive by, that's what you see uh, instead of what's really there. <laughs> yeah, you know I've got a 
contract on the house, like I said, and uh, and it's the first time I lived in an area with a homeowners association. And I was reading the fine print really carefully to find out how many ways Nathaniel's going to violate it in the first couple of weeks he's there. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure it's going to be that because right now we have an acre and a half that we're and we're not in a neighborhood, and so there are often times that the yard is strewn with things of Nathaniel's. Uh, whether that's you know three pieces of a basketball goal that he's ripped apart and thrown <laughs> across the yard or whatever, it's just you know, yeah. So we'll see how that yeah. turns out. I'm not sure why it is, but every kid in the neighborhood comes to our house to dump their stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll get home from work and there's like, you know, kids I don't know with crap I don't recognize piled up in the front yard. I, I don't know. I guess we're the cool house technically. I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I think that's how that works, Mark. You're the cool house. Yeah. <laughs> We're the house that lets them do it, I guess. So right. uh, last one, Sean, you get the last word. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, I heard this on the radio going into work this morning, and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I had to pull it up when I got home and, and check this lady out. So there is a 55-year-old woman. She's a grandmother, a grandmother of two, that is going to be trying out for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleading squad. And uh, I, the radio host that I was listening to this morning, they were saying, you know, yeah, she looks better than most 20-year-olds. So I had to go online and look, and uh, she looks I don't know if I would say better than most, well, maybe the average 20-year-old. You can certainly tell that she's got a little bit of age on her, but uh, she's in remarkable shape. Yeah, she's a hottie. Yeah. uh, She's now, uh, let's see, it's Sharon Simmons, and she is, uh, she does one of, you know, she competes in those, uh, like, extreme fitness competitions and things like that. So it's no wonder that she's in really great shape, you know, physically. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, your thoughts, uh, just looking at her, I, I don't know. I, I'd want to see her in the, in the uniform, I guess. Well, well, what I like about it is that there apparently is no age limit. The Dallas Cowboys are saying, fine, if you can do this dance and, 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 and mm-hmm. stuff, then go right ahead. So, yeah, more power to her. I'm fine with that. And she has done, if you, you know, the, there's the one picture in the article, but if you're interested in seeing her doing the fitness stuff, if you just Google her name, there's tons of pictures out there. Apparently, she's a does pretty well in these competitions. I mean, she's all over the ultra fitness, ultra flex fitness, you know, this, that, and the other type competitions. So she's pretty darn fit. Well, Hmm. she would, uh, she would crush the current record for the oldest, uh, NFL cheerleader, which is 42. So she, she'd crush that by 13 years. So, uh, tryouts are May 5th and 6th. And, uh, I'm rooting for her. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I will cheer her on. And, uh, yeah, because- yeah, and those the the outfits are, um, I wouldn't say supportive, but they're <laughs> they're form fitting, and uh, you know, my wife actually watched this last season of the tryout on the reality show about it, and you know, it's it's not like she's wearing a string bikini out there. I think right. she could probably pull it off if she can do the dancing. That seems like the thing that the uh, that I watched a couple episodes of my wife. That seemed like the people that they were failing on. It wasn't how fit they were. They do some pretty hard dance moves, and they have really exacting, you know, levels of tolerance on how high your kick is and how straight your leg is and all that kind of stuff. And people were getting nicked because they couldn't keep their leg, couldn't kick their leg high enough. You know, that kind of stuff. So, and I don't think she's gonna have a problem with that. Based I think on next her year, maybe I'll try out. Well, you're. We already established earlier you were a guy. Oh. Based upon your uh, willingness to throw things away. Yeah. Well, and if they won't <laughs> let me. 
then I'm going to sue them for discrimination. For $13,300. Because <laughs> that's what we do in the U.S. We sue people. That's right. Uh, just a, a quick thing that I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about, do you notice whether somebody's black or white or whatever? When I'm filling out a form of any kind of state form, and there's that box there that asks for ethnicity, I almost always put black just because, you know, what, I like to mess with their system. Uh, I'm the whitest black man <laughs> in the world uh, my with a German last name. So, uh, uh, you know, or, or, or if I don't put black, I put other. Which is great. Well, well, one of the things that I have great fun doing is whenever somebody assumes since I'm from Texas and I'm white that I'm racist, and they say something racist to me with like a wink, uh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, right. nudge. I'll say, you know, my mom's black with a total straight face, <laughs> and watch them like just turn. Talk about white, <laughs> three shades of white, and I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. I just don't think what you said was was cool. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else, guys, before we wrap up the show? I'm uh, sorry we didn't have any uh, drugs coming out of cracks this time around, but uh, I think this was a fairly well-rounded show. Yeah. We, we talked. We covered most of the body parts that we normally touch. <laughs> I mean, talk about. <laughs> okay. There's a show title option. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hello, so, Chris's daughter. I'm waving at you. All right, so let's uh, start the way we always do and uh, and talk about where people can find you and and get more information. We'll start with you, Sean, since you've been talking so much. Uh, we'll give you the last opportunity here. Uh, how can people find you and contact you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SeanTX, uh, also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com. I guess just search me out. I'm not sure. It's probably slash Sean Kybel. And uh, uh, you can also email me, Sean at elementop.com. All right, Mr. Neves, what about you? I am on the Twitters or in the Google Pluses under Chris Neves on the Google Plus and then Chris N on the Twitter. And always found on the Element OP forums as well. Yes. Mr. Butler? Well... Probably the easiest way to find me is just to Google one meal, one workout, and click on anything that comes up. The number you'll one. You'll find me on Element Opie. Word. You'll find me on my podcast. You'll find me on my blog. One meal, one workout, the number one meal, the number one workout. And my name is Mark Cockrell. I am the, for lack of a better word, ringmaster of this circus uh, of Element Opie. You can find me at elementopie.com or at markcockrell.com or on Twitter at Mark Cockrell. So, there we go. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And for now, I'm going to say that's it for this week's episode of The Periodic Peace.